My name is Kevin Crow, and uh, I have the pleasure of filling in for Mike uh, this morning and get to, uh, to share some things that God's been teaching me and um, just, just some scripture that really has uh, been challenging me over the last few weeks. I'm the, uh, the associate pastor of junior high ministries here at Grace Point, and I love what I get to do. Um, I get to bring energy um, about a very real, loving, approachable father, a heavenly father, to uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade students every week. Um, I don't know about you guys, but seventh grade for me was a very, very awkward time. Uh, I was going to share a photo of my, my seventh grade uh, um, class photo, but I don't want to scar you for life. Um, unless you're like Aiden Wicker and you're just like born naturally tall and handsome, um, and you're like me, like junior high was just tough. You know, there's acne, there's I don't even know what to do with my hair. My parents are telling me I need to talk to people. I don't even know how to talk to people. I'm like trembling. Girls walk by and I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do. I walk away. My voice is cracking. I mean, it's just, it was tough. I'm trying to figure out, do I even put deodorant on? How do I put it on? I mean, there were so many things going on. I don't know about you guys. It's just an awkward time, but I love it. Um, it's just, just fun, um, just high energy time. But the other side of that is the sense of discovery. Discovery of self. Uh, discovery of what I believe, who I am, um, discovery of my faith. And, I, and that's just one of the cool things about junior high ministry and what we get to do. Um, I want to give you kind of a glimpse into um, our Wednesday nights uh, and what we do and the energy we bring. And so if you've ever experienced um, just pure grossness, I don't really have much of a personal space. It drives my wife crazy. Um, we go to like parties or something and she's like, Kevin, quit making me meet people. And I'm like, no, this is great. We should, we should introduce. Uh, but like in this top right corner, we're, we're bobbing for apples. Um, they just, apples just happen to be soaked in uh, pinto beans. Um, and like in this, the one on the left there, we're, we're doing like a banana game. So that you have to like peel it with your feet and then like feed it to your partner. You know, hygiene's really, really high on my list. Uh, you know, the bottom here, we're doing a little Pictionary with shaving cream. You know, that, that was actually not too bad. Uh, the bottom right, we're taking um, some, you know, those gummy lifesavers. You lick them when you make them stick. And so we can see who can have the most stick in 30 seconds. So, uh, you know, just fun things like that. And so I feel like the energy's a little dead because of the rain and things like that. And so I feel like only appropriate. Let's start ourselves off this morning. I need three volunteers. Um, I'm kidding. Mike would totally fire me if I did that. Uh, good thing my evaluation was last week uh, because who knows if I'd be allowed back. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, a few weeks ago, we, uh, we had the opportunity um, with our junior high students to go to our, our yearly camp. Uh, and while there, they really took on this, um, this mindset of something that we've been teaching our students. When it comes to this sense of discovery, we really push uh, and emphasize this idea of being kingdom workers. Um, and at camp that this few weeks ago, they really took that, um, that mindset and really pushed it into uh, our students and made the whole week about that. And so when it comes to being a kingdom worker, they, we define it as this. Um, a kingdom worker is defined as someone who uses his or her gifts, talents, and spheres of influence to advance God's kingdom. And so a very basic um, definition, but something that has so much weight and so much power. And even as adults, uh, we, we kind of get lost uh, in the noise um, and then just all the chaos of life and forget the importance of just using our gifts and talents and spheres of influences to just to make impacts on the kingdom. And so this morning, what I really want to do uh, when it comes to us as, as Christ followers uh, is take this idea of being a kingdom worker and break it down and joining in God's rhythm. But before we do that, hopefully you took a bulletin when you came in. And so what I want you to do um, is take your bulletin on the first two lines on there. There's a, there's a little section for like your gifts and talents and then a line for your hobbies. And so take a moment. We'll have some awkward silence for just a couple seconds, seconds um, and write down, like write down a gift and talent or write down a hobby, write down both those things. So if you want to do that, I don't see every pen moving, so here's what I need you to do. If you have someone beside you, look over their shoulder. If they didn't write something down, you can shame them now. Um, or if you don't want to shame them, you can slap them on the wrist and say, write something down. Okay, I hear some, good. I saw some wrist slaps. Um, so hopefully we wrote something down. So 
this morning, we've got our hobbies, we've got our talents, and we're going to start looking at what it is um, to be able to hear God's rhythm. I don't know about you guys, but I've had some highs in my life. I had some lows in my life. And I had these times where I just wish I could hear God speak to me. Uh, whether it's dealing with a difficult situation, whether it's dealing with just family turmoil, but it, you know, dealing with um, just the craziness of life. I just wish I could hear God's rhythm. Um, and I, I get so bombarded by all this, I find it difficult to do so. And I don't know about you guys, but... When I really break it down and I really take a time and step back, I realize it's my own fault that I can't hear God speaking to me. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about that. In Genesis 1.27, um, Scripture reads this. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So from no- Moses to Noah to Abraham, all, to all the prophets, to me, to you, to all of us, God's saying, listen, I created you my image. And so that breaks down already where we're going today. So we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible, if you want to turn there um, and be in Scripture with me. So as you're turning there, I'm thinking about the book of Ephesians and thinking about studying for this, uh, for this message and what it meant to me. Uh, I think about the author. I like to take scripture and hopefully you do the same and, and kind of try to relate it to modern day. And so if you think about the author of Ephesians, um, Paul, I think about him and I think of right, what would this look like in modern day time to myself? And I realize it'd be kind of the equivalent of you've got, you know, some crazy, just ISIS, you know, leader who has just created chaos and death and turmoil to and you're Christians throughout the world, finding Christ, and then writing a letter to me saying, hey, let me, let me challenge you with a few things. That's kind of what's going on here. You've got Paul, whose sole job was literally to persecute Christians, to abuse them, to take them from their home, to cause chaos and death. And then now he's in prison because he's become a Christ follower, and he's writing words to the, um, the church in Ephesus as words of encouragement. So in that in mind, just think of it. There's some power behind that. So we're going to start... In verse 3, uh, chapter 1 and verse 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. So it reads this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So I don't know if you saw that, but we're going to, verse 4, verse 4 is really where we're going to focus in this morning. Where it says, he, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So what is God's rhythm? What is the rhythm of God? It's basically him saying, I chose you, I chose you, I chose you. You flawed, sinful human beings, I chose you. Before this world came about, I chose you. One of the, the, um, the versions of, that I came across, it said, long before he laid down earth, earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He chose us as a focus of his love to be made holy, uh, to be made whole and holy by his love. So think about the magnitude of that. The creator of this big blue marble we live on, saying, listen, before I even created that, I chose you. For me, that seems like some just chills up my spine of realizing that he's looking me in the eyes, a flawed, sinful human being saying, I chose you. And so if you want to hear God's rhythm, you have to realize that he chose you. Each one of us, flawed, unique us. And so once we realize that he chose us, we can realize that he can speak to us in four ways. And the four ways he speaks to us is, first is through scripture. Um, in 2 Timothy three sixteen, it says this, 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. His very book, his very word, is his life being given to us. He's saying, listen, I've given you a blueprint. I've given you a map. It is right here. But if we just allow this book to be something that travels with us on Sunday and it sits on the shelf Monday through Saturday collecting dust, we will miss out on hearing his rhythm. We will miss out on hearing what he has to say to us. The second is sensing. Whether that's through prayer, through meditation, or as in grade school, and they taught us in the five senses of, of hearing and sight and touch and smell and taste. That through our senses, he, he reveals himself to us. In John 1, 3, it tells us, Through him all things were made, and without him there's nothing. So it only makes sense that if all things were made through him, that he can teach us through all things if we allow ourselves to hear him. The third is singing. How beautiful it is that we get to take our raw emotions and put those into this, this words and just, you know, the band leading us this morning. Um, you know, singing is one of those few creative art forms where we can come together as a unified um, body. And it, there's something beautiful in that. There's a whole book in Psalms that's just about singing God's praises, singing about his love and his glory and his grace to us. And the fourth is sharing. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Mark 10, 45. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So here you are, the king of the universe, the, the guy who can just the snap of his fingers can flip this whole thing on his, on his head, saying, listen, I'm going to humble myself to come into, as a flawed, uh, come into this flawed world. And, I, and I'm gonna, my first response is, I'm going to serve. I'm going to share with others. You know, living and loving one another and sharing with everyone. Like, they, they, we're called to do that. And so let me say, take a moment and say this. If you want to allow Satan to have a stronghold in your family, then cut these four things out. Cut Scripture out of your, your life and your family's life. Cut out, you know, sensing, you know, the, the ability to be in prayer and be in his word. Cutting out singing and being in his, in, you know, in the, the majesty of his, of his glory. Cutting out serving one another. If you want to allow that stronghold to take place, cut those things out and Next thing you know, you will be so busy and so consumed with the softballs, the, the family dynamics, getting kids here from there, the work, the stress, that you're so far removed you won't even be able to hear God saying, I chose you. But hearing God's rhythm is not enough. We have to join in his rhythm. And so my second point is this. We ha- in joining God's rhythm, we have to realize that we as sinful human beings, we... We try to take this drum, we try to take this rhythm, and we try to create it our own. We try to think, oh, I'm unique, and I can bring out my own rhythm, and realize that sinful nature is completely taking us away from the perfect harmony and rhythm that God created. And unfortunately, as a result of that sin and that brokenness, we are we're just flawed walking around this world, just lost human beings. But here's God saying, listen, I've chosen you, but I'm giving you the choice to accept me. Which is a huge thing when we think about this. And so not only do we have to hear his rhythm, we have to join in his rhythm. Um, there was some really cool thing that I read um, when I was thinking about this freedom to the side. It said, God loves you simply because he has chosen to do so. He loves you when you don't feel lovely. He loves you when no one else loves you. Others may abandon you, divorce you, and ignore you. But God will love you because he chose you first. This whole message, that's a whole message in itself. But the reality is this. It's not enough just to hear his rhythm. We have to join in it. And if that's something that you've never done and you've never taken the opportunity to join in his rhythm, I pray that you, join, you, you uh, grab one of our staff and just talk to one of us afterwards this, after the service. Um, but ultimately, we all have to join in his rhythm and be in that relationship. But once we've heard his rhythm, we've joined his rhythm, 
we then need to imitate God's rhythm. Imitating God's rhythm is a lifelong process, and it is difficult. You know, we can find ourselves going back into those, those four areas that I talked about, uh, of, of Scripture and sensing uh, and singing and sharing. And those are, you know, that's how we imitate, and that's what he's given us as his blueprint to imitate him. But unfortunately, as going back to that flawed, sinful, broken rhythm human beings that we are, it's this constant battle. So we constantly have to realize that when we imitate him, you know, he's telling us how to do so. We're going to make mistakes, but he's still saying, guess what? I'm arms wide open. I'm here. I love you. So come back to me. Let me wipe you off. And let me put you back in the game. And so realizing that we need to imitate. If you look in chapter 5 in Ephesians, uh, it, it kind of tells us that we must walk in love and cleanse ourselves. And so what, what it's saying is, and I'm not going to read the scripture word for word, but what it's saying is that we got to cleanse ourselves of sexual immorality. That if we want to imitate him, we need to remove ourselves of, of, of coveting others' things. We need to refrain from filthy talk and crude jokes. That we need to not have empty words. That when we say our yes is yes, let our yes be yes and our no be no. That we refrain from being drunk. And the list goes on. And I know what you're thinking for some of you. This is, this, what is this legalistic mindset? But it's not that. It's basically saying, and when it gets into uh, chapter 5, verse 14, it's saying this. It says, but when anything is exposed to light, for it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, awake and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And so what it's saying is this. When you imitate me, your rhythm should shine in such a way that you are expressing a light of who God is. You're expressing so much so that in the, his rhythm that people see like, wait, there's something different. The, his beat that he bounces to his beat that she bounces to, it's different. There's a light behind that. But instead of hearing me ramble on, let me have some friends come out and that actually kind of, uh, kind of break this down a little bit more. Because see, God is calling us to be one. Not the same. And there's a difference. Let me say it again. God is calling us to be one, which means being united, not the same. And so I'm going to have some friends come out and kind of, sh- kind of explain this for us real quick.
don't know if you saw it, but the uniqueness of this. Every one of these instruments, they're shaped differently. They look differently. When played, they sound differently. Just like each one of us, we look differently, we sound differently. When we speak, we talk differently. We have different gifts, we have different talents. We have different things that we're interested in. And playing by themselves, they can be used to be in God's rhythm, and that's great. But then they joined in with another, and another, and another. And they were one. They, weren't, they didn't play the same thing. They didn't play uh, the same style, the same instrument. But as they came together as one, they were united in God's rhythm. And that, as, as Christians, as Christ followers, as we hear him and we join him and we imitate him, we have the opportunity to be that in his rhythm. We have the opportunity to say, listen, I can take my uniqueness, I can take my gifts, my talents, and I can use them to share light. And so no matter what we think that we're not good enough or that we're not, oh, I don't have this talent or I'm not capable of that or I can't do this, doesn't matter. We all are called to shine that light. We are all called to be that light to this world. And so when it comes to hearing God's rhythm and joining God's rhythm and then imitating it, we just can't imitate it for ourselves. We then have to share God's rhythm. And so what does that look like? Um, around here, um, we have this idea of, or this concept that uh, Mike has talked a lot about. It's called 3D mentoring. And so at the bottom of your guide, I'm going to kind of give you uh, an opportunity to kind of look at what this looks like. So if you took the opportunity and actually wrote down at the top, um, you're going to like what I have to say, at least hopefully. Um, but I promise you just around the corner, uh, at the Boys and Girls Club uh, right there, there are young men and women who have never f- caught a fish, let alone filleted a fish, have no concept how to. Uh, they've never learned how to cook. Uh, they've never learned um, how to, to crochet, um, how, how to cut hair, whatever it may be. You know, you, you see this hashtag, you know, with this younger generation, adulting. Adulting's tough, you know, and they get into, into life, and they, there's these life skills that they've just been lacking. And so just with those life skills, hopefully, you, you know, you wrote down like a gift, uh, you know, some gifts, some talents, some hobbies. You know, for my, myself, I love networking. I love taking uh, people and putting them together. Um, like I said, my wife hates it because she's like, Kevin, stop putting me in awkward situations. Like, no, you just need to meet this person. They're really cool. Um, and then I love the outdoors. Um, you know, last night I had my, my 10-week-old. We had her, her cycling pajamas on. We were sitting in front of the TV watching the Tour de France, you know, cheering it on. And I think she loved it or she just liked being warm up against me. I don't know, but she was cheering it on with me. I, I know it. But being able to take that. And so what you need to do in this 3D mentoring is taking this concept of taking someone who is um, older and wiser in their faith, so not necessarily their age, but someone who has got this foundation. They've gone through some life experiences. And we're going to refer to them as our guide. And then taking someone that you can just live life with. It may be already someone that's a best friend, a spouse, whoever it may be, and refer to them as your co-pilot. And then the third being someone your companion. Um, someone that's younger that you can just pour life into. And so this idea of 3D mentoring is basically this. That when you're sharing God's rhythm, you're taking someone who is older than you and allowing them to pour into you. And then you're taking someone that you're just on the same page with with life and just living life for the kingdom together. And then thirdly, taking someone who is younger, someone who just needs being poured into. I promise you there are students in our own ministry who just are looking for adults just to pour into them. Or if you want to go around the corner, there are kids uh, at the club that have just broken families that just want someone just to make them feel that they are loved and that they are valued. 
And so the idea behind this is if you wrote down golfing, you can't write it down right now, but if you wrote it down at the beginning, then my challenge for you is in the next two weeks is take these three individuals, you got your four-man scramble right there, and go play the game of golf and share Christ's love with each other. If you wrote down reading, if you wrote down whatever it may be, this is your opportunity for me to tell you to go have some fun and do that. But take these three individuals with you. You don't have to talk theology. You can, but just use it as an opportunity to share Christ's love, God's rhythm with each other. And that's what it means to share God's rhythm. We're not living on the sideline. We're not waiting for, you know, someone else to do it. That we are stepping up. That we are proclaiming God's glory. We are, and we are living out life in that way. And so, like I said, if you wrote something down, um, if you didn't, I told you to write something down and, you, and I apologize. You're bad. But if you did, take the opportunity to do that. It doesn't have to be a weekly deal. I challenge you twice a month. Twice a month. And if you need help connecting with that guide, that co-pilot, or that companion, let one of us know. We want to network. I, as I said, I love networking. Let me help you connect with someone. Let someone on the staff um, do that. Wade Bryant, he is a wooer. He loves talking with people. But talk to one of us and let us connect you with a student. Because sharing God's rhythm. You know, Mike, a few week, uh, last week talked about, um, you know, having transferable faith. He talked about being able to share um, our faith to our, our children. Uh, and some powerful words with that. Uh, one of the things he, you know, and just uh, having Mike as, as a guide for me, just being able to be on the staff here, um, he talked about something he did with his own, uh, his own uh, sons, and it just really challenged me. But taking a Bible when they turn 16, and you can do it when they turn 13, when they become this teenager, getting one that's a journaling Bible, and just take notes into it. And that when, he, when my son turns 18, um, being able to give that gift to him, just, hey, I'm taking notes with you in mind, but also what I'm learning and being able to share that with him. Being able to, it, Mike's point with having that transferable faith is realizing we are one generation away of having a dead faith. And so if we are not going to be that light, if we are not going to share our faith, then we are one generation away from having a dead faith. And that is scary. And so my, my, my prayer, my hope is that we hear it, we've joined we imitate it, and then we share it. And the last thing is this, and I want to wrap up, is the fact that we need to play it loud. It doesn't mean, um, you know, Wade talked about this a few weeks ago, that we, uh, when we get upset with something that we're protesting on street corners, because like he talked about, you know, the gospel is never shared between you and cardboard with uh, whatever it is it has to say and someone else. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, we're protesting this and that. But what it, means that, what it means is when we go to our places of business, when we go to our places of work, when we walk down our halls, uh, the people that we have that sphere of influences with, that there's something so much different about us that they see that light. That we're, when we walk around, that we're not ashamed of who we are, we're not ashamed of the gospel, that we live that out. It doesn't mean we're perfect. We are flawed, simple human beings, and we fell out of the rhythm of God a long time ago. And that's okay. But let people see us for our flaws, but realize that even in our flaws, I am constantly striving to go back to my Heavenly Father, to be wiped off, to be made new, and go back out to share His Word, to share His light. And so my prayer and my challenge for you guys is, if nothing else, is that we play it loud, that we are not ashamed, and that when we play it loud, that people can see a difference about that, that darkness is not allowed to live in us. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be hunky-dory and that all things are going to fall into place and that things are going to be simple in life. It means that when we fall in those hard times, when we, when we all that chaos of life, when the media is throwing things at us, when you know, the in-laws have whatever drama coming along, whatever it may be, they're saying that I realize I'm not going to allow that to beat me down. I'm going to realize that in His Word, 
through his scripture, through his singing, through my sensing, through sharing and serving. That is when even more so I need to be in those four so that I can play it loud and live a light for the gospel. Let's pray. My gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, God, my prayer today is that each one of us in this room not only hear you, but join in that relationship with you. For those who haven't, Lord, I pray that today, um, that we make that choice and that we make that decision to join in your rhythm. Um, For those of us who already have made that choice, Lord, I pray that we just stand up for Christ as followers of you uh, today and that we play it loud for your kingdom, that we imitate you. Lord, that we no longer allow ourselves to be complacent and filled with the things of the world, but that we are lights and we boldly proclaim your name, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.